0: Watching the fault lines of today. This is Reform This with Dr. Zudi Jasser on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's. I mean, it's not going to sell your home. I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to real estate dot com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at real estate agents I trust. dot com. We were talking about percentages, the refugees. The next issue, I think, when it comes to what are we pointing to, where are we headed, what do idiots look at and what do smart, rational Americans look at? Well, Secretary Clary this week made it clear what an idiot would look at. He said, remember this, and this he said, by the way, in Bangladesh, a country that is on the edge of riots and a democracy that is teetering on instability. It's a secular democracy that has strong movements of secular uh, um, leadership, but also strong anti-movements of Islamists that want to destroy modernization. And this is a Muslim, 99% Muslim country. Well, so he went there to help them after and to speak to them after recent acts of terrorism committed by ISIS. ISIS is able to grab hold there as they have in the West because of the freedom they exploited and radicalized militant elements. So he took the opportunity to tell them, he said, remember this, no country is immune from terrorism. It's easy to terrorize. Government and law enforcement have to be correct 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But if you decide one day that you're going to be a terrorist and you're willing to kill yourself, you can go out and kill some people. You can make some noise. Perhaps the media would do us all a service if they didn't cover it quite as much. People just wouldn't know what's going on. And the secretaries hearken to supremacist media control by autocrats was met with applause in a foreign country. By the way, does he think that if we ignored it, it would not exist, it would not happen? The war against free people is not because of our government's attention or our media's attention. It's because of social media and the impact of freedom and liberty. It's because of the war happening in the Middle East in the Arab awakening that unleashed the battle and exchange of ideas. And initially this was not started by Islamists. It was started by those who wanted to fight against monarchs and military dictators. But that vacuum quickly opened. The secularists were not organized. They were too divided and barely understood what alternatives they could provide from an organized political perspective. So, The Islamist organized and the infrastructure of the mosque, sermonizing political, theopolitical network of the Muslim Brotherhood, and other Islamist movements then filled that in. So, no, if we ignored terrorism, it would not go away. Secretary Kerry and President Obama and Secretary Hillary Clinton before him want to ignore the fact that we are in a war that the 21st century battle is a battle against Islamic theocracy no different than where Christianity was in its time in history before the American Revolution. And we can either ignore that and let the Islamists battle it out with the Russians and the Shia sectarian battles between Sunni and Shia and let the entire Middle East implode, or if we want to avoid it, ever having to send our troops again, then we need to take sides within the House of Islam. But to say that ignoring terrorism is sort of like telling a smoker, ignore the cough, don't talk about the cough, because there is no cancer ignore the drunk driving it's not about the drunk drive just ignore it it's it's there's no problem with the drinking or the you know alcoholism what what's that don't even talk about we're not in a war on alcoholism this is just a few drunk kids that got in a car and hurt somebody that's what that's what he wants us to, that's what that's about it's about suppressing free speech it's about keeping the american public away from understanding what we are fighting And these acts of terrorism are getting closer together, getting larger on softer targets from San Bernardino to Paris to Belgium, Orlando, back from the Boston bombing years ago, just a few years ago. And yet we aren't learning our lesson. This administration will leave a legacy of negligence, of malpractice, will leave a legacy of complete surrender to the ideologies that they would not name, and now... You know, bless his heart, President Bush, who even got it wrong by calling it a war on terror. It was a war on Al Qaedaism, on Islamism, but even that he wouldn't name, but at least he called it terrorism. Secretary Kerry, in a foreign country, wanted to tell the world that the media should control even its discussion of terrorism. And as we've seen in every attack, the president takes quite a while to identify terrorists, and yet, when it comes to police actions and other things, he's having press conferences in 90 minutes from the Oval Office giving Americans lectures about the reality of race relations in America. So when the President has his priorities he can act quickly and lecture us on the the things that are important to him, but when it comes to global vision, national security, and understanding that 56 Muslim majority countries are run almost entirely by theocrats and monarchs and autocrats and supremacists who don't in any way ascribe to our values, and yet we call them our allies, is a major blind spot that has rendered us impotent and has marginalized reformers, which is really the point of my podcast, which is why you and I gather, is that this type of neglect, this type of Blind, willful blindness, as Andy McCarthy has called it, is rendering us weak. The next thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, we we are very quick, as I have been, to blame social media, that social media companies, be it Facebook, YouTube, have been missing in action when it comes to helping moderates helping marginalize Islamists, helping use their platforms that are the largest cash-heavy companies on the planet to help give the good guys and gals an edge. They have been missing in action, and I can talk to you forever about that. And certainly this is what I pray will happen with things like this podcast, is that they get viral, that we begin to have larger platforms from the Islamists that not only have their own media arms be it Al Jazeera the Saudi government media the Syrian government media the Iranian press TV and other government media so they not only have the billions of governmental operations but then they infuse it with Muslim Brotherhood Party apparatus in the West and domestically in Egypt and Qatar and other Islamist countries but these platforms need to be engaged. So criticism of Google, of YouTube, of Twitter, for not only their abandonment and their decision to negligently stay on the sidelines, but actually their empowerment of Islamists, their lack of balance when it comes to protecting American ideas, feminist ideas, democracies, be it European, American, or Israel's democracy and the double standard when it comes to how critical the media platforms are of the West and how uncritical they are of the theocratic regimes and what's tolerated in those countries, as I mentioned to you a few episodes ago, Uber is now undergoing a billion dollar I don't the exact number escapes me right now but the amount of money that uber through David Pluff and others are investing in the Saudi are accepting from the Saudis is just staggering so these social media companies are are knee-deep with the enemies of freedom and liberty and we need to recognize that. So bring in the home security report on counterterrorism that has been released on August 25th, and they provided an analysis that looked at exactly what is the role of social media. And they put their crosshairs on those companies, and they came out locked and loaded that is the internet firms that are the problem and that they are the reason for not plucking out terrorists and they allow terror ideas to spread and if we fix social media then terrorism will go away and as our friends at the reformist quilliam foundation have said this report missed an opportunity to make progressive recommendations for their prevent strategy such as a a larger independent review and an oversight board to look at other aspects that so much of the radicalization is not only on the internet. The internet is the tool. It is the finger pointing at the moon. It directs them somewhere, but it is not the moon. It is a tool. So most of the time, the radicalization may begin or end on the Internet or facilitated, but that's not where it is operationalized. It is human beings that talk to other human beings that exist in social tribal networks on the ground in London and in America, in Boston, in Saudi Arabia, that then ultimately commit these acts of terror. So what happens is it's sort of the pot calling the kettle black when you have a government that in their report kept using the word Daesh, which is an Arabic letter acronym for ISIS. Daurat al-Islami Bisham, which is the same thing as ISIS, Islamic State in Syria and Iraq. But at the end of the day, the government wanted to deflect. It was all about deflection from their, from their missed opportunities, from their lack of will, lack of leadership, and engaging in a war of ideas. They wanted to blame Facebook, blame YouTube, when in fact there's simply one piece of the puzzle. Yes, there's enough blame to go around, but for crying out loud for the government of the U.K., which has been actually ahead of us, because they've been learning their lessons from 7-7 seven, seven on. But for them to say, oh, it's all about the Internet, uh, no. Uh, it is much more than that. We are fighting a battle that on all fronts, be it media, be it government, be it universities and academia, be it the networks, interfaith networks, social networks, organizational cultural organizations and communities are so far disengaged to the point that the Islamists have dominated it and it's become a culture of victimology in which there is no longer a conversation about how to counter political Islam and theocratic Islam. And that it's not about counter-terror, it should be about counter-Islamism. And that's the point that our friends at Quilliam made when this report was released in the U.K., and if you really want to counter radicalization on the Internet, what's the tool? What are the ideas? You have to have an idea that you're going to transport in that medium. And the idea that needs the empowerment of both public and private networks is the belief that in a true contest of ideas, liberalism will defeat theocracy, that Islamism will die on the vine, that jihadism, the militancy associated with adherence to Islamism will die once Muslims are exposed critically to the importance of freedom and liberty. That was missed in this supposedly landmark report, and I applaud Quilliam for what they've exposed in that. And I ask you, join me in my criticism of social media, but also bring even more to our political and academic and media leaders than simply criticizing those who've actually provided the venue for the Arab awakening and the turning over of governments, be it in Egypt with Facebook and Syria with YouTube, and all of these revolutions that, yes, may have brought more chaos and obviously more danger, but in the end, you cannot defeat radical Islam without defeating these dictators of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. So the social media has been the avenue for that, and if anything, they've led that, and their tools have been allowed the freedom to do that now we just have to get the right ideas on their highways reform this with dr Zudi jasser on the blaze radio network